You're listening to the second season of The Study Podcast with Dr. Paul Wegner on Genesis. I'm your host, Tyler Sanders, and across from me is Dr. Paul Wegner. He's going to give us the Hebrew word of the day. And here we go. I knew I knew you really wanted it today. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna uh, do the. We've already talked about covenant already. Yeah. And now we're gonna go back and explain the word. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, on this one, uh, Genesis fifteen eighteen says, "On that day, the Lord made a covenant." That's the word we're after. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And it's a Hebrew word, bereath. Bereath. And the covenant was the strongest way for a person to know someone else would keep their promise. Mm. And that's okay. that's basically why this. Um, whole next part we're going to talk about is so crucial Yeah, because because Abraham's going to, we're going to get into it, but Abraham's going to ask, how can I know that, that I'm going to have these promises you made me? And God says, well, here's how I do it. I'll, sh- I'll give him, I'll make a covenant with you. So when you say it's the strongest, does that mean like, like it's, it's the most formal or, or does this kind of like a legal understanding? How, how many yeah. levels does this kind of contain in it? Well, it's at least formal, but okay. I actually would think it's also legal. And, and at this point, it might even be religious because they're mm. calling God into the, the commitment that he's making. Mm. And so he, at some point, he's even going to have to swear that he'll keep his part of the bargain. Right. So it's, it's not only legal, but religious and all of that. Yeah. All those elements stuck together. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a neat word. And and I think this makes a lot of sense in what we're talking about today. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, okay. All right. We've already talked about... There, remember last time we talked about making a covenant and the four different parts? We had the promise last week, and uh-huh. we pretty much talked through all the how the covenants relate to that promise. Yes. Yeah. And then now we're going to go right into the Abrahamic covenant and mm-hmm. see how it is laid out and how it's explained. So, okay. And it, as you can see, we've already talked about the one part. Now we're going to talk about the covenant enactment, uh-huh. then the covenant sign, and then the covenant oath in chapter 22. Okay. Okay? That sounds good. Oh, and last week we talked about that, it's, um, that Abraham is about 75 when, mm-hmm. he, when he comes out of Haran. Yeah. And he's over 100 when he, when he finally goes to offer Isaac up on the, uh, oh, yeah. as a sacrifice, remember yeah. that? So at that point now, so this covenant has taken more than 25 years um, to, to... Be completed? Is yeah. that how you would say it? Yeah. yeah. Or agreed upon or something? Yeah, or it's kind of funny. I've, ne- I've never seen any covenant that yeah. was spread out of, so over so much time. Yeah, that is a... That's extensive. Yeah, and yet he can still call it a covenant because remember last when we talked about that last phrase, uh, verse it said, "I am going to make a covenant with you," and then that was in chapter fifteen. Mm-hmm. So he's he's it's been in the process, but I, I assume it's going to. Well, we know that it's going to take to the oath before it's finalized. Yeah. So it's okay. kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, and remember in Genesis 12, it had three parts, mm-hmm. the land, the nation, and the blessing? Yes. And then we had those covenants that went along with those? Yeah, they kind of, I think you said it explained it, yeah, or kind it, of teases it out in a way. Well, and even more, it, it kind of monitors it. Monitors, how, how, yes. Yeah, yeah how yeah. is it going to work out? And yeah. that's kind of what those do. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to go... Oh, and then we talked about whether it's yeah, covenantal. A little, a little bit of yeah, both, con- right? It's conditional and unconditional. Well, ex- how did I explain it? Because it's actually pretty important. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you think about it, it's um, the only part that's conditional mm-hmm. is the promise, yeah. where, where God is making the this initial promise to Abraham. And if Abraham wants to have this covenant, then he has to do these things. 
once once he admits that he wants to have a covenant, then God takes over yes. and it's unconditional. Yeah. So I would actually say that the there's no doubt about this. It's an unconditional covenant. The mm-hmm. conditional part was, does Abraham want to have this covenant with him? And that's like in every covenant. If you don't, if you yeah, don't want to have it's a, really the initial decision that yeah, is the condition. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's why, because um, because you see parts that look a little of both. But it really is just him making a decision whether he wants to make this covenant or not. And that's really only conditional for Abram, too. Yeah, yeah. The descendants, they're in. Yeah. Yeah, that makes well, sense. Well, if they obey, they're in, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds conditional to me. <laughs> well, um, remember, uh, even in that Abrahamic, or mm-hmm. well, uh, you get to the Davidic covenant, and he says that I'm not going to take this covenant away from you. Your, your sons are going to be on there. Yeah. But when they disobey, I'm going to bring people yeah, in to punish them. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in, I thought it was interesting, too. Do you remember when Abraham leaves, he takes a lot with him? Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, too, it sounds like he's not really obeying God. Hmm. But it seems like to me that what what probably is happening, do you remember Haran had died? Yeah. So that means that Lot's pretty much on his own. Mm-hmm. And so I think Abraham, being the responsible brother, you know, uh, son of Terah that he is, yeah. takes his, um, his nephew, nephew right? yeah. yeah, with him. And because so, I think he's worried that he's, nobody's going to take care of him. Yeah. So I think what's happening is that Abraham's doing a very noble thing, but it's still not quite exactly what God had requested of him. So I actually mm. think in chapter 13, when God separates them, remember at that point, um, let's just read a little. Yeah. So Abraham went up from Egypt uh, to the Negev and his wife, uh, he and his wife and all that belonged to him and Lot with him. Mm-hmm. Now, Abraham was very rich in livestock in silver and gold. And he went on his journeys from Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent was been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Now Lot went with Abram, so he had flocks and herds and tents, and the land could not sustain them while they were dwelling together, for their possessions were great, and they were not able to remain together. So do you see the one thing that's happening is if he was worried that no, that Lot couldn't sustain himself and take care of himself, now it's not a problem. Yeah. God has so blessed both of them that Lot's got enough, and, and it's they've got so many that they can't even live together. So yeah. it seems like what God's doing is he's actually forcing a separation. A, a separation, an intentional one, and now Abraham doesn't have to worry about Lot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's... So, so at this point, God now has Abraham on his own. My understanding was that God didn't intend to bless both of them. He, he had tended to bless Abraham, mm-hmm. so he had to remove Lot from them so that that could happen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, there's the rest of it, but I think we now know. Yeah. So both Abraham and Lot were so wealthy, the land couldn't support them both. So Lot chooses the land towards the Jordan River, remember mm-hmm. that? And then Abraham took the land west of the Jordan. Yeah. And that's even kind of an interesting thing, because you would have thought that Abraham would have had the pick of the lot, because he was the mm. more... The older person, first of all, but yeah. the, he's a more responsible one, taking care of Lot and all yeah. that. But it's interesting. He gives Lot the first choice. He kind of defers to that. Yeah. So that is interesting. That is interesting because you wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. All right? All right. Now, there's a couple of issues that are a problem that I need to talk about. Okay. Can you go to Genesis 14? Yes. And Abraham, in, in verse 13, is called a Hebrew. Do you see that? Yeah. Now remember, the Hebrew nation's not even around yet. Right. 
So what does this mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first one is it could be he from the line of Eber. And that word Eber is the same word as Hebrew in, in the Hebrew language. Yeah. Or, or it, it's got the same consonants. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He could be a Habiru. Okay. Uh, they were marauding hmm. bands at that time uh, and later. Habiru meaning like a group of people or is it like a term for like a marauder or something like well, that? Well, um, it, it seems to be a, a group of people when they're in the uh, Amarna letters. Okay. Um, but I think it's because they're, all these people are kind of doing the same thing. They're, mm. uh, they're, they've been moved from their own land and gone into another land and are okay. taking property and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the other side is that the word Eber can mean from the other side. Hmm. And so it's possible that it means he's from the other side of the Euphrates oh. River. Yeah. And Haran would have been between there, the Tigris and Euphrates River. Uh-huh. So that's that would fit really well, too. Yeah. So uh, because he was going west. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it's interesting. In Genesis 10, verse 21, it says, and also, uh, and also to Shem, the father all, of all the children of Eber. Mm. And Eber is later on down in the line. He's a person. Yeah. So you're going, what is this? Yeah. Well, I actually have a, a PhD student that's working on this. Oh, really? Yeah. And I have a feeling all three of these may be right. Hmm. Depending on the context and what's getting at, okay. but I think because um, uh, all these would be true. Yeah, they'd all be descriptions true. of him essentially. Yeah. And I think he's part of the line of Eber, and that's probably initially what it's getting at, especially in this verse. Yeah. Um, but he's also from the other side, and that may yeah. have, be how people would have known him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so we'll I'll, we'll have to wait and see what she comes up with. Yeah. But that's fascinating. Yeah. That's very interesting. The the topic is amazing because yeah. I didn't even think about it at first. But it's it's a tough one. Well, because I guess probably most people will read this. Yeah. And it just sounds like it's, we, it's something we already know yeah. is of Abraham, you know, but yeah. it is weird to think like this is the first time he's yeah. called this and where would that title come from? And people people that understand like a JDP theory, mm. that would be real easy for them because like someone reinserted it. Yeah, this it could back be a, li- the, a late text. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But for us who don't believe that, it's harder to see why that would work. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So anyway, that I thought was fun. And there's one more. Um, in Genesis 14, 14, it says uh, he's chasing these uh, these people as far as Dan. Do you mm. see that? Yeah. Um, Dan's, Dan's not even called Dan yet. Um, uh, in fact, if you look at like the Joshua f- uh, 19, uh, 47, it actually mm-hmm. calls it Leshem. That same area. That's, yeah, the same place. Because yeah. then later it says, and then they took they called Leshem Dan after the name of their forefathers. Oh, yeah. So well, it wouldn't have been named yet. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds, sounds perfect. That sounds right. Yeah. And then in, in Judges, verses 18 through 29, you've got a similar thing, only now it's called Laish. And so it says, and they named it after Dan, their father, who was born in Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. Hmm. So what is the name of this place? Yeah. It, well, that, okay. Um, first of all, let's take care of a smaller problem. Okay. okay. Leshem, Leshem and Laish. Yeah, Leshem and Laish. Notice that they have two consonants or root radicals that are the same. Yeah. I'm not actually sure what language this is in. Hmm. I know that sounds funny, but remember, um, Hebrew, the earliest we know of for sure is around the 1400s, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um so now remember, this is probably even earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, is what language did Moses 
initially write in, or yeah. or even if this is this is probably even earlier than that, what language would those two terms been in? Yeah. Okay. So first, I want to let you know that. But second, that mem is probably a memation, which is in Semitic languages, sometimes a mem is put on the end to let you know it's a name or a noun. Mm. So I'm wondering if that is probably just memation to which show would, you that. Which would mean the other two radicals are the exact same, basically, yeah. between yeah. these two terms. Now, there is one other problem, but do you see the... the okay, now we're going to have to go into Hebrew for this one. Sorry. <laughs> do you see that the, the Lamed has a segol under it? Uh-huh. And then uh, the the lamed has a, a a pathic and then a yod and then a hiric. Yeah. Well, that kind of combination is probably going to overrule. Back at that time, um, if they just sometimes they would just put consonants in, uh, and they're called matras lectionuses. Okay. It's called mothers of reading. But there would have been a con- uh, that consonant would be in there to tell you it's an I or an E class. Okay. And so that would that would fit then because a segol is in the E class. So mm. in he, in English we have five vowels, right? Yeah. But in Hebrew, they only have three classes. Mm-hmm. One is A, and then E, I are together. That's like one uh-huh. yeah. class. And then O, U are the c- together. Mm-hmm. So in their minds, the E, I would have been the same. So whether they said it was Laish or Leshem, yeah. it would have probably been the same. It, now, remember, if it's not in Hebrew, they're trying to mirror yeah, what the sound was. Yeah, it's almost a transliteration was. or yeah. something kind of. Yeah, that's what I figure. So that's, yeah. that could be the problem with those. Okay? So I'm just saying that they're probably very, very similar terms. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay, that doesn't deal with the difficult one, though. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> okay, right. so why is Dan called Dan 600 years before it's called Dan? That's our problem. And, yeah. and Abraham's about 2000 BC, mm-hmm. and Joshua is about 1400. Mm-hmm. So that's like 600 years bef- between them. So how can that happen? Yeah. I actually believe that it's a copyist that came in and updated the name. And and so remember, the biblical text is going to be copied for hundreds of yeah. years. Um, and I think that probably what was happening is that they got to that place and a scribe realized, oh, we don't call it Laish anymore. We call it Dan. Yeah. And so I think they changed it. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I, I I think it would have seemed like an error to them. See, they're really careful with the biblical text, yeah. but they would have seen that as something that would um, kind of confuse people. So I could see why they would change it to the name that it comes. Like in Chicago, I used to live there, mm. and it's called the Windy City. Yeah. But if 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 you before that term came around, if they somebody called it Chicago and they didn't know that it was later called the Windy City, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make any sense. But yeah. then once it happened, once it becomes Windy Cindy, then it would be hard for them to remember, oh yeah, that's Chicago. Yeah. So it's possible that those kind of things could have just been up to to clarify the text. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably what's going on there. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got two difficulties out of the way now. Yeah. (laughs) Then Genesis 15 is, I would say this is the second part of the covenant, and it's called the covenant enactment. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's a ceremony where the people are, well, the person who's responsible for the covenant Mm -hmm. is going to walk through the pieces. Do you remember the animals cut in in half? First of all, in in verse one, it actually says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram, I am a shield to to you, and your reward will be very great. And Abraham said, O Lord, what will you give me, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? That's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. He's, he's, what's going to happen is that whoever's the oldest born 
person in the house. Mm -hmm. So he's a slave, and yet he was born in his house. So that means yeah. he's the one that's going to be the heir. Yeah. Now, for Abraham, that's not good enough. He he, he's, yeah, he wants oh, an heir. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, that's that's possible, and I'll pass off my wealth to him. But I want to. I want somebody from my own yeah. womb, you know, from yeah. my own body. Yeah. And so Abraham said, "Since thou hast given me no offspring to be born, one born in my house is my heir." So that's Eliezer of Damascus. Mm -hmm. All right. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, "This man will not be your heir, but the one who is, comes forth from your own body, he shall be your heir." See, that's what Abraham wanted, right? Somebody from his own body to yeah. be his heir. Okay. And he took him outside and said, "Look towards the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them." And he said to him, "So shall your descendants be." And then he believed in the Lord, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Hmm. But my response is, well, what did he believe? Well, I assume it's what God just told him, that yeah. he was going to ha have an heir and yeah. that they're gonna, he's going to have so many children that the, they're going to be like the stars in the heaven. Yeah. Now, remember, so, so when, when we read that, we want to say, oh, well, he believed in Jesus, right? Well, mm. but that context wouldn't even suggest that. Right. And so Abraham is going to believe in God, but I think it's because... His, he understands, and he's in the process of learning about God still. Sure. So I think that's that's what he believes, and now he's going to learn that this God is going to make a covenant with him. Yeah. Okay? Now, let me ask you something. Sure. Would Lot have potentially been a, a better heir than um, Eleazar from Damascus? Yeah, um, maybe, and maybe that's why God removed the separation, him. separation maybe Because at least he is in his own family line. Yeah. So that's probably true. Okay. Yeah, that that's, makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so so we have the... That's the enactment? Yeah, uh, not yet. Hang on. Oh. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land uh, to possess it. So so he's making sure he knows. Remember, I told you in the covenants, they kind of have a history yeah. of, of the relationship behind him. So he's, he's given... Yeah. Uh, Abraham, the history that he was the one that that did all this, mm -hmm. and he says, "Oh Lord God, how may I know that I may possess it?" Now that's actually a really good question because in the Hebrew it could go two ways. It could mean so. Notice it, how how may I know? So that's one of the questions. But the other one could be, "When will I know?" Mm. So it's, the the Hebrew is the word "key" in uh -huh. Hebrew, and it can have either meaning. Yeah. So it's almost neat because what God's going to do is He's going to give them both answers, mm. and I'll show you that in a minute. Okay. Okay. All right. So it said to him, uh, bring me a, a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to get ready to make this covenant. So remember, he cuts them in half except yeah. for the birds and lays them on the side. Yeah. And then God's going to walk through. So the animals are on both sides. Uh -huh. Okay. Now verse 10, then he brought these two to him and cut them in two and laid each uh, half opposite each other, but he did not cut the birds. And the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses and Abraham drove them away. Now, people have said those birds are, are uh, uh, ad, uh, adversaries to the covenant and all mm -hmm. that. I just think they're birds. I mean, mm. that's you see dead animals on the ground, sure. those are going to be. So I'm not, not real convinced that you can read too much into what they yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. Now, when the sun went down, a deep sleep came over Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell on him. And God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. They will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. Notice he's now giving him the when. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterwards they will come out with many possessions. And as for you, you will go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And so notice there's a couple things that I think are really important here. So first of all, he's saying um, fourth generation, and he had said it's 400 years. So yeah. they understood a generation to be 100, 100 years. Mm-hmm. Now, usually what that was is the time from a father to have a son. Yeah. And and so that time period, and then the generation would start. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of surprised that uh, that's a long time for a generation. But yeah. I just thought I'd let you see that because that's pretty important. Yeah. I mean, that's even longer than... What yeah. Abraham experiences, right? Yeah, he's going to be dead by that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even like a generation. Oh, I mean, yeah. it takes a long time for him to have yeah, an yeah, heir, right. but it's less than a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, now, notice it also says, "For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete." You know, you almost always are going to get some student that'll ask me, you know, why is God so cruel that He wipes out women and children and everything of the Canaanites? Hmm. Um, this actually verse actually helps me because it's saying that when God sent Abraham through the first time, he didn't say to wipe out all the Canaanites because the sin of the Amorites is not yet complete. Hmm. So that must mean that when Moses comes through the second time, 400 years later, yeah. the sin is complete and God can actually have them punished. Oh. So I think that actually helps me because then then this isn't a real cruel God. This is a God who's judging and punishing people that are now have got their iniquity filled all the way up and yeah. now they need punishment. Yeah, yeah. So that's sometimes helpful for people. Sure. Because they don't understand that. Yeah. All right. Now, he's, here's the answer to both his questions. So this is the temporal part. And then mm-hmm. right after this, well, right after this, Abraham's going or God's going to walk through the parts of the animal. Oh, now when I that see, happens, see. that's him taking the curses. What that means is, do you see those animals? I'm going to make myself like those if I don't keep my card part of the bargain. So mm-hmm. he's walking through the parts, saying, "I'm taking these." That's curses. the symbolism. Of yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this uh, is this is the actual enactment. Yes. This is like the exactly. procedure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Abraham is starting to question God's promises, and Eliezer Damascus is his heir. So that's the part that yeah. now God wants to say, no, that's not true. You're going to have your own child. God um, then reconfirms his promises, especially land and nation, mm-hmm. okay? And then the covenant is the strongest way for them to confer one's word. So God's saying, I'll become like these animals dead if I don't keep my part of the bargain. Now imagine, here God saying, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. He's the only one that could actually hold him responsible for that. Yeah. But he's all knowing, so he knows he's going to keep the part of the bargain. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good. Then a smoking uh, oven and flame uh, torches were the picture of God going through. I assume he got those from, remember on Mount Sinai when they saw God, mm. they saw flashes of lightning and yeah. the smoke. Yeah. So I think they're taking that image to say, now, now I've already shown you my image of what I'm like up there. Now I'm going to walk through this part. Mm. So okay. I think that was why. I want to show you one other thing. It, so this is Jeremiah 34. It, it, this is another place where the covenant enactment actually happens. Because, mm. you know, most people don't know that there's another place that one of these things actually took place. Because yeah. you know about the Genesis 15, but yeah. it's this other one is less known about. 
It says, I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not fulfilled the words of the covenant, which they made before me. Notice this is, uh, this is a covenant in God's name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when they cut the calf and into and pass between its parts. So this one apparently was just a calf, but it's the same kind of yeah. image, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the officials of Judah, the officials of Jerusalem, the court official uh, officers, the priests, and all the people of the land who pass between the parts of the calf. And I will give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life, and their dead bodies will be food for the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth. Do you see what he's saying? God is the one now holding them responsible yeah. for this covenant that he's making. And they're the ones that walk through it, basically. Yes. They made that same level of commitment. Yes. But failed to... Yeah, to keep yeah. their part of the bargain. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now... Verse 13 actually says that they're going to have 14 or 400 years of captivity. Yeah. And, and back, if you go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 40, it actually says technically it was 430. Mm. So I assume that's just a round number at this point. Yeah. Okay. And then in the fourth generation, Abraham's nation will return to Canaan. So that's part of the history also that they will return and that's... Yeah. They'll get the land then. Yeah. And oh, we already talked about the hundred generations. Hundred years. Now, one other thing is it says he, the land that he gives them is from the river of Egypt, and that's not the Nile. It's usually, uh, the, uh, it's a wadi that's at the very bottom mm. of Israel. And so on this side is Egypt, on this side is Israel. Okay. But it's not the Nile River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another uh, Hebrew word for that. For the Nile. Yeah. Okay. All right. To the Euphrates. Okay. So it's going all the way up to the Euphrates River. Yeah. And and and, and I would actually say that during Solomon's time, they actually controlled all that area. Mm. Now, um, if you look at the promise um, in Genesis 15, I'll just read just a little more of it. Um, Okay, uh, verse 18. On the day that the, God, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, and the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, and all the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Gergashites, and the Jebusites. So he basically goes through and explaining all those little tribes that are in there. That's going to be your space. Yeah. yeah. So now, so my understanding that he gave that land to him probably when Solomon was uh, reigning, because mm. through alliances and stuff, he had all that area. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if God has to do it again. I think he could if he wants to, hmm. but I don't think he has to give all that land to them again. Yeah. So the, the issues we're having with the Palestinians and the uh, Israelites in the land of Israel today... Yeah, yeah. I don't know that this passage has anything to say about that. Yeah. He already gave them the land. He can do it again, but I don't know that he has to. Yeah. So it's an issue that I, I think the biblical text doesn't help answer. It's kind of solved in a yeah. way, or it could be. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's already been solved. Yeah, it's probably. in the past, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that was chapter 15, and in 15, now we've got... Um, it's kind of neat because now we've got God saying, all right, I'm giving you this land. I told you when it was going to happen. And now you know, because I've walked through the parts. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now, so that, but it's, but it's still not over yet. Right. Yeah. We've still got several chapters of information that's going to happen. And it's, if that was, let's say that that's 85, Ab Abraham's at 85, it's still another 15 years before it happens. Yeah. And I think what happens is Abraham and Sarah you know, so they, they're thinking, what's going on? Why hasn't it happened yet? So yeah. I think that they're they're just 
they've lost their patience. I think they're ready mm. to now get on with this. Yeah. And I think that's what chapter 16 is. So that's Hagar That does make a little more sense out of that. Yeah, because yeah. remember, at that point, now, they've, they've waited a now, now a good 10 years after yeah. God's made this promise, and still... Nothing to show for it. Yeah. So Abraham then, I think, and and Sarah, are, it's time to take things into their own hands, I right. think. And so um, Ishmael's there. And it's interesting, in that, in that passage, he says, if only Ishmael could, could live before you. Mm-hmm. And God says, no, I've told you there's going to be somebody from your line. Yeah. And, and not from you and uh, right. you know, a, a maidservant, but you and your wife, Sarah. Yeah. And he made that real clear. Yeah. So that's what I think what 16 is all about. Yeah. And then in 17, we get the sign of circumcision. All and right? this is the third element of the yeah. covenant. And the on sign. this, um, it's it, once again, it's kind of important. Uh, um, in chapter 17, I want to just read just a little for you. Yeah. It says, now when Abraham was 99 years old, so re- realize that's been, so it's at least 13 years after the last time he had talked to him. Yeah. So this is, I can see why Abraham and Sarah are getting impatient. Yeah. Right? And I could see why 16 would happen. Yeah. So he's waited all this time, and Abraham's not getting any younger, right? And, yeah. and remember, him and Sarah haven't been able to have children all this time. So you can imagine. It's, they're thinking it's almost impossible. That's what, yeah. like in chapter 18, uh, when those people, those um, those angels come and tell him that he's going to have a son, yeah, yeah. and Sarah laughs. Well, right, right. I, I could see why poor Sarah, she hasn't been able to have a child for 90 years, and now yeah. when she's 90 years old, she's going to have a child. Right. You know, so so I think, I think she's thinking, that's too good to be true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, okay. and if he's 99, that actually does make him pretty close to that. Generation, yeah, 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 right. That was closer than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, look at verse seventeen, verse one. And when Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, "I am God Almighty." That's that word El Shaddai. You've probably heard mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Okay. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant with you w- between me and between you, and I will mu- multiply you exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face and. God talked to him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be called Abram. Remember we talked about that yeah. last time. Yeah. All right. But your name will be Abraham for I will make you a multitude of nations. And then he goes on and he, he tells him that Sarah, his name is going to change also. Mm-hmm. So from Sarai yeah. uh, to Sarah. And that's, I, I think that's just an update of the name because both of them actually mean princess. Mm. So I think it's an update. Yeah. So that's, again, kind of the background. Yeah. So in here, what we've got is we've got a question of he's 100 years old, he's going to be circumcised, and that will be a sign. Now, um, Covenants don't need signs, hmm. but a lot of times they do have them. Like like okay. the covenant with creation. Remember back in Genesis nine, mm-hmm. God gave them the rainbow to remind yeah. them. And this one, uh, there's other ones that are are signs that are included. But I think this one actually helps them to understand what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, and a sign is for remembering. Yeah. Right. And so Which that, it seems like, yeah, they've forgotten. Maybe judging okay. by what happened in chapter sixteen. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, and 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 circumcision is going to be really important because remember Moses is not going to do it, and he almost gets killed for it. Right. So we'll look at that. I'm sure later too. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so we've got the sign of circumcision. All right. I want to go to chapter 22. 
All right, in Genesis 22, mm-hmm. now we're going to have the covenant oath. So this will be the fourth part. So we have the yeah. promise, yep. we had the covenant enactment, we've got the covenant sign, sign. Yep. and now we've got the oath. Okay. Okay? Um, he tells him to take his son to Mount Moriah and offer him there. It actually, at that point, he doesn't actually tell him where it is, but he says, to a place where I will show you. Yeah. And then after three days' walk, he actually gets there. So if you look there, he was in Beersheba, when that promise was given, mm-hmm. he's going up to, uh, actually, that's the old term for Jerusalem, sh- Shalom. Okay. Uh, Shalom. Yeah, it's like the uh, last uh-huh. two yeah. consonants. So basically what's happening there is he's going up to there. And and in Second Chronicles, it actually tells us, here, I've got it here. 3.1 says, the, and Solomon began to build the house of the Lord on, in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. So it actually equates them. Yeah. Where the Lord had appeared to his father, David, at the place where David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan, or the Jebusite. Mm-hmm. So remember what happened. He had he, he had bought that uh, threshing floor, but he couldn't build the temple yet. Yeah. And so it, so the, it's equating the same places. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of neat. It is, yeah. Okay. Um, and Abraham now has learned to trust in this God to he serves. So he's he's got over 25 years of God showing him that he can protect him and all of this. And so he's finally starting to get it, I think. And then this is finally the last part of the covenant to make it complete. Yeah. And you can imagine that an oath is usually how most covenants or or even agreements end, right? They swear that they'll oh, yeah. keep their they'll, they'll be truthful and yeah. and like signing sign a it. document or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so the covenant oath is offer, is offering up Isaac. On the third day, Abraham saw Mount Moriah, and he took his son on ahead. Remember, he leaves the servants. Yeah. The dreaded question then comes, God will provide for himself an offering. You know, I bet Abraham was waiting for poor Isaac to, you know, obviously the kid's smart enough to know they don't have a sacrifice right. to go up there. Right. Okay. And that's when the God swears in verse 15. Here's what it says. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham in a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, I will greatly multiply. Greatly bless you. I will greatly multiply your seeds as the stars of the heavens and as a sand which is on the seashore. And on and in your uh, uh, and in your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed all the nation of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Notice, did you see? It's picking up all those elements that were in chapter uh, yeah. twelve and yeah. now highlighting them again. Yeah. So he's saying now. And uh, when I was a when I was a THM student, I mm. actually did um, um, a thesis on when God swears. Mm. So here, God is swearing by Himself. Yeah. And in that context, usually when uh, when God swears by either uh, he, there's other contexts, but one's mm-hmm. by Himself. And when He does that, it's because He's got no one higher to hold Him responsible for. Right. So He's swearing by Himself because He knows He's going to keep it. Yeah. And sometimes He'll swear by the pride of Jacob, and in that context, mm-hmm. the pride of Jacob was really something that was highlighted in that context. Yeah. So it's usually something in that context, and here it's. I'm swearing by myself. By my own name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically what now is being added to the covenant. So God wanted Abraham's obedience, not the life of Abraham. Remember, mm. or the he, life of Isaac. Isaac. I mean, yes. he, remember yeah. he stops him, yeah. and so that. Yeah. So that I think that becomes really crucial. Yeah. Abraham still uh, is about learning about his God because he didn't know necessarily that God didn't want child sacrifice. Right? Sure. He could yeah. assume he's like all the pagan gods that want yeah. that same thing. Yeah. But now when God stops him, I think he learns, 
oh, this God doesn't necessarily want his yeah. life. And I think that becomes really important. And later on, you're going to find out that God does not want human sacrifice, and yeah. he makes sure, you know, humans sacrifice, <laughs> and he yeah, makes right, sure right. that they know that. Yeah. So it's, I think that's really in, in, important. Yeah. So that's basically our last thing, and here's our conclusions. So okay. God wants Abraham to know that he will keep his covenant. And the best way to do that in his mind is to make a covenant with him. Yeah. And so Abraham, because he lives in a society where covenants were known about and all like that, it would make perfect sense to him. Yeah. Okay? All right, Abraham had to keep uh, demonstrating faith all the way through his life. Um, you know, so God was testing him all the way through yeah, to make sure he's going to obey. And then the, what would seem like to me the, the, the highest thing he could do would be to to offer his son. Because remember, he had waited now 25 yeah. years for this child to actually come. Right. And so now God asks for the very thing that he is most dear to him. Yeah. And so I think that's really well, important. And that's also, that would also, it's not just that it's, of course, it's true that it's, that it's his you know, dear son or whatever, yeah. but it's also what you would assume would be the mechanism for the rest of this covenant to, yeah. how else can you have all these descendants. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And remember he remi- he reminds him of all those before yeah. he makes the oath too. Right. Yeah. All right. It took over 25 years to complete the covenant and I think that's amazing cuz often you don't even think about that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then God was working with Abraham a long time and and bringing obstacles into his life and everything. But at every point, God had overcome those obstacles yeah. so that this promise could happen. Yeah. Even when I, 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 or Abraham asked him, can't you do it an easier way? <laughs> like, like take take Ishmael and, and do it with right. him. And God says, no. God's going, I don't need an easier way. I know yeah. exactly how I'm going to do it, yeah. which I think is amazing. It is, yeah. 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 Well, any questions? Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, that's a lot too. I mean, I mean, yeah. really, these last two topics have been pretty. I mean, they're you know, of course, connected because they're on the covenant. But it's yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot to go over. But I do think that brings a lot of light into you know something that maybe is culturally confusing. Know you know, yeah. yeah, that isn't as clear. And I think what's interesting is that there's another passage in Scripture where God, uh, you know, people yeah, walk you through see the this. parts of the animal. Because yeah. that part, that one, we almost nobody knows about, yeah. but it's almost a similar kind of thing. Right, right. So. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well. Very good. Oh, I already gave a hint about what's yeah. kind of next. Yeah. Why don't uh, you give us a little bit about that? I think we'll talk about the angel of the Lord. And we'll also find out about Melchizedek. Those oh. are issues we... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, those are good. We purposely skipped over them because yeah. I thought we'd need a whole session on them. Okay. That okay. sounds good. Well, keep watching. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bye-bye.